0: You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel Coming up this week in episode 630 A Christmas Quiz The Christmas
1: Singles Chart from 1993 How to Write a Christmas Hit The Trauma of Andy Peebles And Boy George in
0: Panto That's all coming up after the Ramones And Merry Christmas
1: I Don't Want to Fight Tonight
2: I uh-huh. do <laughs>
0: Really exemplifying the seasonal spirit there. Typically, Arch of the Ramones to release this in May 1989. From oh, the album <laughs> From the album Brain Drain, 122 on Billboard, 75 in the UK, the Ramones. And Merry Christmas. I don't want to
1: fight tonight. I rather like that, I must say. And it's a sentiment we could all get behind, basically. Everybody, stop being annoying at Christmas. I don't want to fight. I just want to sit here and stress slash comfort eat matchmakers to my heart's content.
0: This is a message to everybody in town centres on Christmas Eve evening uh, at uh, half eleven at night. Uh, just, just go
1: home. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> just go home. There, there was probably a nice Steven Seagal film on Channel yes. 5 for you to watch. Uh, I used to uh, directly enjoy when I was a, a younger person, so to eat a weekend routine where I would go out on a Friday evening to eat and then I'd go to the pub for several pints and then I'd maybe do karaoke on the way home at another pub or I'd stop at a local Emporium Walk You Like, the excellence Chinese <laughs> takeaway near me and they don't sponsor me but I'm a big fan of their work and I'd arrive home just in time to turn the television on at the moment where steven seagal would be punching somebody in a ship's kitchen on channel five and i think if you do go out when you come back on a friday evening and turn channel five on i think it's still like that isn't it i don't think oh, you know, steven Seagal has some strange views and who needs anything else trick. in yes. life exactly or you know you get home just in time to see somebody hmm. divorcing somebody else on east do that instead <laughs> fighters of the world why not
0: Welcome along to the festive edition of the Parish Council. It's episode six hundred and thirty. I'm Terence Stackham and She's survived another year without being cancelled or no-platformed. It's
1: Juliet Harris. <laughs> Indeed, although it could well be that you're not actually recording this, and I have been no-platformed, you just oh, haven't told be? me. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, yeah. and who would blame you, Sir Terence? Who really <laughs> needs to see this? At least, like, unlike like many people that I'm still in online meetings with, I do actually know where mute is, so so I'm not <laughs> on mute. I can't believe the, the the length of time that we've all been living on mm. Zoom, said T. But anyway, it is quite nice not to have to leave my house to meet my colleagues although i did turn my video off today because i was wearing a t-shirt but still i digress hello everyone
0: how could we possibly bring festive cheer and jollity without a christmas related quiz
1: absolutely it's been a while since you've asked me random things so let's go
0: (laughs) well this year it's called do they know it's christmas as it's all about band-aid
1: hey excellent
0: multiple choice questions so that's a help to one and all
1: the first one came out the year I was born, by the way, just to get my excuses in first as to why I don't know true. what's going on.
0: This yes. is true. I don't know. you. you yeah, one or two of these may trouble you. We'll see. Question number one, all about Band-Aid. The original Band-Aid single was indeed recorded in 1984 on the 25th of November. But who arrived late having flown in from his American tour on Concord? Was it... Which one of these four was it? Oh, yes. Boy George, Paul McCartney, Bono or Paul
1: Young? Oh, it's a difficult one, this. It is, Um, isn't it? I uh, I think, given his unreliability generally, let's say the Boy Boy George.
0: Well, it's a perfect guess because he arrived at 6pm. He was touring America with Culture Club. Very.
1: I see. Excellent.
0: Question two. Band Aid quiz. Band Aid was number one at Christmas, nineteen eighty-four. We all know that. But which artist and song was at number two? Was it mm. Frankie Goes to Hollywood? Power of Love, Wham! Last Christmas, Madonna, Like a Virgin, Paul it's McCartney. Been... Sure. We all stand together.
1: I think it's one of the either of the first two. So it's, it so is I one think... of the first two. Yes. So, which so you I think it's. For? So which am I going to go for? So the options were, sorry, remind me, they were... were, um, Frankie
0: goes to Hollywood Power of Love or Wham! Last Christmas.
1: Let's go Power of Love.
0: It was Wham!
1: Oh, damn it!
0: Question three. In the original 1984 version, who sings, It's Christmas time, there's no need to be afraid. At Christmas time, we let in light and we banished shade.
1: Was oh, it? Yes. Oh, yes. Go on.
0: <laughs> was it Paul McCartney, Sting, Paul Young or oh, Boy I, George?
1: I think it was Paul Young.
0: Correct among I was going to
1: say that before you offered me the option. So I think it was because when I was very little, my mum told me who various people who I did not know were as they uh. were singing on the tape.
0: But, of course, we're not going to burst in and give the answer before the four options for the sake of the listener at home.
1: Yes, I am so sorry, but I'm yes. glad that I somehow held back.
0: We're halfway there. Th- three of six questions. Precedent. Two out of three so far. That's not bad. In July 1985, Juliette Lucy Harris, yeah. Live Aid continued <laughs> the fundraising. But which act opened the show, was it? Mm. Elvis Costello? Adam Ant, Status Quo or Howard Jones?
1: It was the Mighty Quo who were rocking all over the world, I believe. They
0: were.
1: And what a great way to start a show. By it was, the way. A great, it was an al-
0: inspired choice. Yes, I've
1: always been a great sort of a, a great defender of the quo. I must say I might treat myself. You know how you could I have a, a, a lower tolerance for silly films at Christmas. And uh, for anybody like me that likes a silly film at Christmas, which you can take your brain out for, and it's yeah. quite fun. I very much recommend Buller Quo, the status quo film where they go to South Africa. It's excellent.
0: Oh, I don't think I know that. I should make a note of that. I think That's we might point.
1: have to discuss this on a on a on a later. What's it called? What was the word before? It's quote? called Buller, so it's b u b u l a so oh it's not in south africa so it's it's set in fiji sorry i've misremembered this so let me so so i mean it sounds it sounds i think very much like it could be dreadful but great the sound which very much is Hmm. as well as the quote it stars john lovitz and craig fairbrass former east ender that now is in every football hooligan film ever it's a 2013 it's described as a british venture comedy film um with status that, quo in it. Uh, yeah, they have to go. They witness a gang murder in Fiji and end up having to go Goodness. on the run from the mafia. I know. I've never heard of this. I know. It exists. I feel
0: like I'm hallucinating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i sorry to have distracted us from the task in hand, but you really oh. do need to see Bula hmm I've
0: jotted it down. Questions? Reviewed on
1: Ross and Tomatoes, described as not so much a movie, more a pub chat that got way out <laughs> of hand. So I recommend that.
0: Question five of six. Who designed the sleeve for the 1984 single? Was it Damien mm. Hurst, Andy Warhol, Sir Peter Blake or David Hockney?
1: I believe it was Sir Peter Blake and I have a Sir copy Pete. of the single, Nearish to Hand.
0: Who were the, final question, who were the only artists to appear on the 1984 original and the Band-Aid 2 version in 1989, five years later? Was it? style council roger taylor and brian may spandau ballet or sarah dallin and karen woodward from banana rama
1: um let's say so can you give me the options again
0: please? i'll give it to you one more time roger taylor and brian may Hmm. the style council spandau ballet sarah dallin and karen woodward from banana rama
1: um, I believe it was Banana Rama.
0: It was Banana Rama. Five out of six. Very good. Hooray! And you got a half mark for uh Wham Last Christmas because you got it you, you did a sort of I ask got it within 50-50, yes 50. I did. Yes, yes. The audience so, being you, that was a bit of a cheating
1: <laughs> anyway.
0: Very well done.
1: So excellent uh, questions as always.
0: We mentioned last Christmas, and of course these days some people play the Whamageddon game where people try to avoid Yes. Food. Last Christmas for as that, long as possible Throughout
1: December I, I Sadly I, I was felled from this today oh, I was oh, flicking goodness. I was flicking through Instagram And a video had nah. dun, 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 oh, nah, God. That's
0: it I'm, It was all I, over for you
1: I know. I thought I would. I thought I would be able to stay for longer because apparently cover versions don't count. Oh, I so see. when we, I was up in central London at the weekend when we were trying to find somewhere to eat in central London, having not booked on Saturday nights. would not recommend this as a good No, that's not choice, a good, uh, good strategy. Good no. can I just say shout out to the Pizza Express opposite Charing Cross, who were utterly lovely, and got us in and out. to the point where we could catch the train earlier than the one I thought we would catch. Mm. We got in without having booked at five past seven, and we got on the seven. 40 train from Charing Cross Crikey. So shout out <laughs> to Pizza Express down. yes and they were excellent as well mm. big fans of the Pizza Express people thank you very much but yes um, we heard blaring out of. there's a new tuk-tuk craze in central London and you might have seen this where oh. very chintzy tuk-tuks oh, are, are, are sort of cycled round unlicensed
0: uh, uh, and uninsured by the way
1: yes indeed and they were all blaring out a terrible female-led mm. cover of last Christmas um, which uh, but, it enraged us but made me happy I was still in Wamageddon until Mm. today sadly but anyway sorry carry on
0: i know i do know it's just for fun and the bands and and so on but i still want to fight the fight for last christmas because it's not only the best christmas song ever it's also in my top 10 songs of all time Mm. regardless of christmas it's a work that's lovely i love that
1: Yes. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. There is something about it. Me and my friends often talk about the what we term the sad banger. So a song yes. where the music is banging, but the lyrics are so sad. And yeah. surely last Christmas, right up there with Band of Gold by Frida Payne in terms oh, of the yes. greatest sad ben. banger yeah. of all time. They did sleep in separate rooms, but the yeah. brass was fantastic. So that was the main thing. But yes, the same thing here, I think. I love it. it it's a beautiful song song that is so melancholy yet is is just so pretty isn't it it 's got such a, a lovely message to it, and the wistfulness with you know where George Michael has, is setting out this this litany of you know how ter- how terribly he's been heartbroken now, but if you kiss me now, I know you'd fool me again, and I find that weirdly optimistic at the same time as being very sad it's a beautiful song the the loss of George Michael in recent years makes it even more poignant and even more bittersweet it's a beautiful song the the video is so memorable isn't it? them it's playing the no, It's yeah. so lovely. Everything about this is so great. It's hard to talk about it without crying actually because it's so and lovely. I
0: agree and there's nothing I would change about it and it's worth remembering that George Michael wrote it, produced it, played every instrument on it. His vocals yes. are heavenly and he was only 21 years old. I
1: know, I know. Isn't that just, what a talented talented man. And I think we, we reviewed the Wham! film, didn't we? The we documentary. did. Loved and it. Yeah, it was so good and just such a wonderful, just just a wonderful testament to him and his genius and the fact that you know he wrote that beautiful song and then he gave Andrew Ridgeley a co credit mm-hmm. that he didn't really deserve on Careless Whisper, um, so that he would never have to worry about money. George Markle was an incredible person. Um, I I really really miss him. He was such an important figure in public life for gay people, a real pioneer, I think as well and but he was always really funny his his you know he was one of those people who would get himself into constant what I could describe as scrapes literally in the case of him sadly crashing his car into the front of Snappy mm. Snaps in uh, in Hampstead. Uh, shout out to the person that sprayed Wham! above the damage by the way that was genuinely inspired graffiti but um, despite George's scrapes the best thing about George's scrapes in the past was that you'd always know he'd end up on Parkinson a few weeks later and he'd be really funny about it and really <laughs> self-aware and really brilliant and anybody that can get caught in a public toilet cottaging and then make one of the greatest musical videos of all time for outside is just he was a genius and like you say what a genius song to come up with that at the age of 21 it's right up there with jackson brown writing these days when he was 17 it's just incredible
0: true last christmas it 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 truly is the sort of alternative national anthem in december i think so coming next we look at the christmas chart for 1993. goodness me and we learn how to write a Christmas hit song.
1: Oh, brilliant. I'll be taking notes on that because I've got concerns about my pension T. so it would be nice to try and top up.
0: That's next after this wonderful track from Joni Mitchell.
1: It's coming on
3: Christmas. They're cutting down trees. They're putting up reindeer and singing songs of joy and peace. Oh, I wish I had a river I could skate away on. snow here stays pretty green i'm gonna make a lot of money then i'm gonna quit this crazy scene i wish i had a river i could skate away on i wish i had a river so long i would teach my feet to skate away on. I wish I had a river so long. I would teach my
1: I heard this a few years ago um, and I really came to love Joni Mitchell during the first lockdown and throughout 2020 when I was first doing my smooth sailing show and uh loved a lot of her songs and someone asked if I could play this on the Christmas show and I've got a lovely memory actually of in a very difficult time I think it was obvious we were going to be locking down again for the winter of 2021 I remember being upstairs in my parents room um the boater had to be moved to their room temporarily and I could I could do some broadcasting from there and I remember being on a platform that had a sort of chat Function that you could all chat along, and as I played this, so many of my, my friends in very disparate parts of my life so some of my work colleagues, some people I'd not seen in years, some people I knew through politics, some people I knew through sort of you know music all sorts of people really came together and were all sharing their love of Joni Mitchell. People who I would never have put together, usually yeah. all love that song, and I think that's that's the true power of music. I think, and it was lovely that we could all be together listening to that song when we all had to be apart. Um, I think it's gorgeous. I love the Tracy Thorn. Version of that as well from her Christmas album, which is just lovely, but um, but the original is the best for me, that was river by Joni Mitchell,
0: yes, this is another song that is so associated with this time of yes. year, yes, I think by coincidence, it shares that same sense of melancholy that you mentioned as last christmas um it it, it just just has that it has a Uh, a frame of sadness running through it and yet it's just it's just a beautiful song i mean believed to be about when she legged it to crete and sent graham a telegram telling him it was all over uh, I made my baby cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: dear. Poor Graham.
0: Poor Graham. We tend to think that um, the December singles charts have always been about the race to get Christmas themed singles into the top 40 and try and grab the number one slot. So this week, I, I just picked, picked genuinely a random year from the past, mm. uh, 30 years ago, 1993, and thought we might compare the charts then to the charts. Uh, these days mm. what, what an i don't know it was i mean how many christmas songs in the top 40 at christmas 1993 i had to go all the way to number 39 and find a new entry from saint etienne i was born on christmas day on
1: christmas day what a great, soul, great yeah. song yeah
0: but otherwise no wham no elton no wizard no slades the christmas number one was Mr. Blobby,
1: Jules. Well, so it's funny you should have picked this year because Mm. you may recall that BBC4 have been showing all of the old Top of the Pops episodes. Now, they started in the beginning some years ago now. And there were some years of the 70s where, unfortunately, due to U tree they couldn't show many of the episodes of that year. But we have finally reached the 1990s now now i've been record- series linking these so i don't always watch them on friday evenings and i've got very very behind so on tv at the moment they're currently uh, quite far away through 95 i think and I've, I've, i i've think we're at may 1994 at the moment we've been watching them during our lunch breaks recently put it this way wet 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 rain of terror at number oh. one has just begun i know seti i know but as a result of which we've watched 1993 fairly recently <laughs> (laughs) And I have to say, what was so entertaining about Mr. Blobby being Christmas number one, it's a novelty hit, obviously, and I'm usually not, I'm 50-50 on novelty hits. I either love them or I load them. But I quite like this, simply on the basis that, A, if you watch the video, everybody that was alive in Britain in 1993 that had an equity card appears at some (laughs) point in the Mr. Blobby video. Like, literally, one minute he's going crooks, crooks, the next, you know, literally... Everyone, everyone is in it. It's like every single person everywhere (laughs) in showbiz is in the Mr. Robbie video. It is lovely. Spot the stars. It's genuinely great. But B... I I'm not I can understand for all that you know we we've talked about this with the sort of immaturity perhaps in the past I have some sympathy with the people that did not want poor Joe McElroy to be number one for Christmas from X Factor and instead managed to get Rage Against the Machine's mm. sweary song to number one I don't approve of them swearing on air whilst playing it on Five Live and probably getting some poor blameless producer the sack um but what I do have sympathy with is the music machine cranking into, and the music industry said he cranking into gear and telling us what should be Christmas number one, what song deserves to be number one. This is why it was such a joy when it, when very early internet message boards managed to alter the result of the Brit Awards Best New Act so that instead of Steps uh, Bell and Sebastian won instead and it was a real one in the eye. Pete Waterman had literally got up to go and accept the award and then realised <laughs> that it wasn't and I hate that kind of entitlement mm. i hate that kind of music industry stitch up so actually what's interesting in watching the run in sort of episodes of christmas number one is that all you are told by presenters either bruno brooks or you know one of the radio one lads mm. at the time say oh this is going to be your number one at christmas they say at one point about babe by take that which wow. is a perfectly reasonable if drippy christmas ballad song by the way in the top 10 for 1993 big fan of all right by e 17 which starts off drippy and then turns into an absolute banger whilst two of the lads who started off a scaffold and I think a scaffolders again now, jumping up and down in the background, genuinely great <laughs> made by take that very much little Mark Owens number and it's all very, there was a black and white video I think that was all very drippy and you know that was meant to be the Christmas number one and Mr Blobby getting to number one instead was really anarchic and made Gary Barlow very cross Um, and it made me laugh as a result because I just, I think it's great when the British public occasionally I mean I know the British public have got no taste but in this instance I enjoy the fact they have no taste because they literally turn around and went you know what enough of your drippy ballads enough of your music industry manipulation we want this kid's character who falls over on people and squashes them all the time (laughs) and the entire cast of Emmerdale and whoever to appear in the video for this Um, yeah I'm a fan of Mr Blobby keeping the music industry off Christmas number one
0: there's some extraordinary stuff in this Christmas chart, 1993. Mm. Uh, Meatloaf has two songs in the top ten.
1: Yes, I uh, know. That's right. And it- <laughs> thing for love but I won't do that was number one for absolutely ages mm. to the point where if something's more if something's number one and we don't really love it for more than one week it gets fast forwarded through so uh, and when you fast forward through things it's much better dupes dupes charleston dancers are even better if you fast forward them on double speed so yeah what can I say Big the fan doobie b-
0: the doobie brothers are at number 26 with long what? train running and
1: that's oh, unexpected
0: what I I don't know why I mean was it used in a commercial maybe I don't remember
1: might have been it might have been the
0: the, the real fun begins looking further down into the top 75.
1: Oh man, Christmas, okay. What's going on there?
0: Well, there's a whole host of people I've either never heard of or have simply forgotten. In hmm. the top 75 are Alex Party, Mad Jocks.
1: Oh, Alex Million- Party was Don't Give Me Your Life. That was incredible. Oh,
0: okay. Mad yeah. Jocks, Millionaire Hippies. Yeah, um, not familiar with their work. Fat Girls by Ignorance, which I'm happy to have forgotten.
1: I was um, going to say that the, the the name of the band seems apt.
0: There, yeah, it I does. The Equally oddly, at number 49, Exeter Bram clean Boys Choir and Remembering Christmas. Oh, I I don't remember them. Uh, I know
1: uh, I don't. That's a very odd, uh, odd a few
0: thing. more strange anomalies in this Christmas '93 chart. Number 63, Robert Plant. If I were a carpenter. I, I didn't no even memory. know
1: he'd had a crack at that. That's no very idea.
0: unexpected. Brian Mays at number 68 and delightfully right at the bottom end of the chart at number 75, the Fall with Behind the Counter. Yes,
1: so- now that's what I'm talking about. I very <laughs> nearly for this week's podcast picked them doing Hark the Herald Angels Sing in a completely <laughs> non-tune type way, but big fan of that. So, yes, I'm glad the Fall made it along. Really
0: bizarre year, 1993. It seems.
1: I'm just having a look now. And I'm looking at the nice thing about looking at the bottom reaches of the chart mm. is people that decided they were going to have a go at a Christmas single and it just went nowhere. Um, so, at number 73, Merry X Mess by Rotterdam Termination Source. Um, Don't
0: remember them at all.
1: A new, new peak 73, Weeks on yes. the Chart 1. They had a go at having a Christmas single.
0: Yes, indeed, yeah Oh no, there's plenty of them around There's uh, Anton Deck at number 64 And um, uh, Stacker Bow at number yes. 70 I, I don't know who these By are By
1: the girls. way, I've just had a look at Fat Girls And it's spelled, I need to tell the listeners this yes, um, It's I spelled know. P-H-A-T P-H. Which mm. gives it a different sort of meaning Because fat can it? It's it's fat is a, is a skateboarding terminology Oh, I see And suddenly oh, right. it's fat, that means P-H-A-T It means it's wicked or cool Oh, so actually so we can, actually, let, oh, we can okay. let ignorance off
0: okay um over the years we've discussed uh the financial advantages of writing a perennial christmas hit yes uh, noting we usually do when we we talk about this that jim lee and noddy holder share uh a, an estimated minimum of half a million pounds each right. year for merry christmas everybody And um, only
1: work in december that sounds like a good <laughs> so, lie to me so, so,
0: yeah, luckily the Telegraph this week revealed the winning formula, as they put it, to writing a Yuletide winner. Um, there are several golden rules, apparently, including jewels ditch the magic, keep it normal, and a sing along is essential.
1: Yes, I think these are all really, really good. Um, these are good rules, I think. Mm. I think these are really, um, I think what's interesting, and actually what we've learnt from just talking about that 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 uh charts just now, um, one of the, we, when we talk about Christmas songs. One of the last great recent Christmas songs was the Darkness's "Christmas Time Don't Let the Bells End" in 2004. Genuinely ridiculous, a ridiculous band suited well to doing a Slade-style Christmas single. Should have been Christmas number one. It was kept off the top by Gary Jules's drippy version oh. of "Mad World" by okay. Tears of Fears. That was him and a piano. That was taken from the film Donnie Darko. Um, So it would seem like... Like you say, we have to have um, we have to have, you know, a, a, a bit of a bit of a sort of a, a, a ballad. They have to be ballady type things. Um, and Go, go also, easy on the
0: sleigh bells, the Telegraph tellers. Yes, tell I
1: think so. Although having said that, interestingly, so e 17 of all right fame in, in 1993. hilarious in. that's what makes it so fun that Take That didn't get to number one. e 17, as I tried to explain to my long suffering other half the other day, very much the rather rougher version of Take very much the (laughs) sort of the um you know the 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 lock your cars when driving through walthamstow equivalent um did have a christmas number one the next year in 1994 with the ballad stay another day and it's actually for ballads go it's really rather lovely and what's hilarious about it and rather sweet is they'd obviously written this very heartfelt ballad and some music except someone obviously heard it and gone look lads this is a big Christmas number one. And so just before the the, the end of the final chorus, you hear the pealing of sleigh bells right near the end. And that is why it is played at Christmas. And that is why it's Christmas number one. So the Telegraph say this. Actually, it worked for seventeen. It did, it did. Well, with all this in mind, I've started
0: mm. writing a Christmas song.
1: All right, um, okay. I,
0: I've I've given it about thirty seconds of my time so far, it's well, a I mean, it's a great right start.
1: That's probably longer than the people that wrote Mister Blobby gave that song. That's so right. Fair. Well, it's
0: full of sentimentality and it'll appeal to romantics everywhere. Um, it's called Juliet the Reindeer Serial Killer. <laughs> and, <laughs>
1: To Terence, why
0: would you do this to me? It goes like this: Juliet with sleigh bells in the chimney. The reindeers are all dead. Let's buy a pony. (laughs) She slaughtered them herself, helped by a Christmas elf. Oh, Juliet is a reindeer serial killer. And then the sleigh bells come in the children's choir.
1: I mean, for not the first time, I'm concerned for your sanity. I mean, that is the kind of point this podcast. I think is.
0: children everywhere, you know, I think it'll be the sort of thing that one could play to them on Christmas Eve, and it would,
1: you know, it'd be one of those perennial. It would set hits. the tone, wouldn't it? I think. Well, I mean, so you just I think think it's a years. Use... Sort you of
0: fill Spectre sleigh bells, you know, choir. Well, I
1: mean, unfortunate that you're mentioning Killing and Phil, Phil Spectre in the same sentence, but um, oh. I I would say, I mean, yes, he had form. Sadly, one thing I would say, Sir T, my advice to you, yeah. very much, the music industry perennial. "Quote: Don't call us, we'll call you," is what. Oh, I you want me to put Juliet the
0: reindeer serial <laughs> killer on the back burner?
1: B side when it comes down to it. I think we probably oh, need to. We, I think I, if distressed. I could, if I could, if I could work up um, Sir Terence's Christmas Sleigh of Joy, I feel that might be <laughs> a bigger hit. I know that you that you wish small children and animals well everywhere. Absolutely. So so I think I think that you're more of a kindly figure. <laughs> <laughs> um, still more to come yes I um, know I'm as shocked as you are
0: December memories uh, Joe Strummer, Kirsty McCollum Andy Peebles mm-hmm. um, plus what Bobby George is doing this Christmas
1: did not know or is he late for it? Has he managed to get from the States into it? Well,
0: class, oh, is, is he couldn't go on Concord anymore, could he? Really um,
1: it'd be a very long time, no wonder he's late if he's trying to get a Concord.
0: That's right after this smooth as silk track from Michael McDonald.
1: Oh man,
2: wind coming on, but not so long in the nights are long and the days are great, the fading sound of a robin's song. We'll be right
0: it has a handful of traditional songs, uh, this album, but mostly absolutely excellent originals written by the man himself. What Mm. a voice, what a musician from the wonderful In the Spirit, a Christmas album released in 2001, Michael McDonald and Every Time Christmas Comes Around.
1: I love Michael MacDonald. Saint, patron saint Michael MacDonald, as we should call him, really. Um, what a lovely choice of someone to do a Christmas album. That is just so, that is what I want to hear at Christmas time.
0: We all have our own uh, memories, of course. And December seems to me to be a time when some events and people appear more vivid than other times. And we've been talking, talking earlier, really, about the sort of... The, uh, December and perhaps even Christmas can be have its sort of melancholy and sad aspects too. It'll be twenty one years on twenty second of December since Joe Strummer died. And I'm still not over that only a week before he and i met and we sat chatting at his favorite mm. bar in notting hill and it just strikes me sometimes about the fragility of life of course as we wave goodbye how could we have known that a week later he would be sitting on a sofa at home and pick up the observer sunday newspaper and have a heart attack and oh, each december i play that last evening in notting hill in my mind it's uh, it's almost like a movie that goes goes through my mind and jules you associate december with a much missed missed um english singer and songwriter
1: I do, yes, partly because it is the record that I suspect will be Christmas number one this year because of the death of the other participant rather morbidly Um, I still remember where I was at Sixth Form College Um, I'd got into the music of Kirsty McColl, a friend of mine that I'd made at college at Sixth Form, who I hadn't known beforehand was really good at getting me into music and it was through her that I found a love of the Smiths, um, very much different landscape for the Smiths and Morrissey then of course, and I remember um, her saying to me, oh so they've got this song called You just haven't earned it yet baby But then there's just not the best There's a better version and I'm like, not really Because I'm still getting my head around the fact That people could mm. cover songs And they could be better And she went oh yes There's this singer called Kirsty McColl And she does a brilliant version And she was spot on Kirsty McColl's version of that song is wonderful It's just so Her singing famous In the style of Morrissey Just manages to, to hit so well <laughs> And so me and this friend Were sort of big fans And you know She'd copy me To put some of her CDs On tapes for me to listen to And we're and big fans and so imagine my horror when I arrived at sixth Form one, one, one day very near to Christmas to find my friend in tears, and she explained to me that Kirsty McColl had died. She'd been hit by a speedboat by or It turned out to be a drunk driver in in Cuba, saving one of her sons. We learned as well in in later years, and we were both so devastated. But one thing, the one thing that one can do with one's grief for an artist, one's life, is to channel that into breaking into your college radio station when the door is locked. Um, with your friend's Kirsty McColl's CD that she had in her on her discman in her bag, and to play it for an unsuspecting um, can, can, canteen full of people who very much enjoyed in these shoes. By the way, can I can I point out that's what one should do with grief? You should just break into property and then play music for everyone to listen and enjoy. And so every time I hear Kirsty McColl singing your Fairy Tale of New York," I remember Toy Wilcox saying on one of those Talking Heads programs once, very vociferously, that that was evidence we should never forget Kirsty McColl and I completely agree well obviously we remember Shane McGowan by hearing it this Christmas but I will always think of my friend Kat from college and Kirsty McColl and breaking into a college radio station because we felt it was the right thing to do at that time and it very much was
0: I, what makes it even more so terribly sad? She was only forty-one. No so age. She, no she age. Would have, she, would only, she would have been sixty-four uh, in four days' time, as we record this. Um, so, which, yes, as you say, no age at all. Forty-one, and with with the young It's
1: it's, it's imp- and it goes to show what a what a young person's game pop is, is in that you know before the, the last album she released before she died, which is the brilliant Tropical Brainstorm, which mm. was re-released a few years. Uh, uh, during, certainly post during the mm. COVID era, was re released on funny coloured vinyl for National Albums Day, which, as you know, for the discussions we had previously, Records mm. Day is a massive ripoff but now. But album, National Albums Day, has been as an interesting alternative okay. in that they've been re releasing a lot of albums that were either never released on vinyl or hardly released on vinyl. Body Language by Kylie Minogue of recent years, Soul Wax, things like that, interesting records. And that mm. was re released. And I made a, a friend of mine and I used to do these album listens and I asked if we could listen to it. It was my choice for one Sunday evening and I played it again recently for someone that hadn't heard it and I thought it was mostly because I wanted to play England 2, Columbia 0, which I think is one of the greatest hmm. ever heartbreak rants and um, and it was so wonderful and the funny thing is, is that that was seen as a sort of a renaissance for Kirstie McColl, a career renaissance of someone who was only 37, 30, 38 when they were making it.
0: Ab- absolutely um it's it's um you know i i by the way um i was thinking today i've walked through soho square a thousand mm. times and I'm yet to stop off at the, there's a memorial there's a bench. bench there isn't there Yeah there's there? A,
1: there's a bench for her I've and never I've never stopped see... off there No, no we were in Soho recently and I part of me meant to go and see it yeah, and we must stop off there next time Yeah, yeah there. absolutely yeah,
0: yeah. Um it's a reflection on the intensity of the age in which we now live really that we've probably learned more about uh, in the last year or so we've learned more about the circumstances of the murder of John Lennon than we yeah. ever heard about in the previous forty years with so many books interviews, documentaries have been released, and there were many things i didn't know despite the uh, huge amount of reporting at the time and only this year that I learned that John Lennon actually didn't die immediately he he ran into the reception area at the di- Dakota and you know said oh I've been shot get the call an ambulance um and also that he was still alive on route to the hospital but particularly upsetting to me is that um I've read this year that Mark Chapman was wearing a a, a, a Todd Rundgren t-shirt uh, when
1: that is i can imagine that is upsetting it's horrible, you, isn't, isn't it because yeah. you're such a hero of yours
0: but, uh, yeah exactly i've never mentioned um, this here before but I, i'm afraid that this, this involves some really low level name dropping but in in the summer of um, 1981 i went to a party at richard skinner's house richard skinner the disc jockey his house yes. in Byfleet. um sheena easton was there was there she was going out with richard skinner at the time and in the small garden. I sat with um, then Radio 1 DJ Andy Peebles, who was famously the last person to interview John Lennon and Mm. Yoko in a long format, three hours plus uh, for Radio 1. And... um, people, you know, it's it's a terrible thing. He's never recovered from um, the whole experience. On on um, that July day, nineteen eighty one, he told me he only found out that Lennon was dead when his when his people's plane landed at Heathrow, and he found himself sort of shoved into a room where he was asked to deliver tributes to TV and radio, and it was absolutely awful for him. Taken straight from the airport to the old grey whistle test studios, where he had to go on air mm. and talk about it. I remember he told me he was he was suffering mentally and nowadays we we'd acknowledge it wouldn't be as post stress disorder but um yeah andy people's told me he felt sort of guilty and he didn't know why he said he was haunted daily by it
1: all. Mm, I, 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 this, I feel terribly sorry for him
0: that must i do been. too i really do and a couple of weeks ago this was all brought back to me a couple of weeks ago because as i mentioned i met um up again with leslie ann jones and she um told me we talking about this and she told me she's a lifelong friend of Andy Peebles mm. that he's still suffering from this post traumatic stress disorder to this day I um, am so sorry. i just wanted yeah it's a big sympathetic shout out i think to Andy Peebles the sort of forgotten man of december 19th. Oh
1: absolutely i mean so this this doesn't compare at all but the only thing i can think of that might mm. parallel it was when i was a young trainee solicitor i was i was given a client to act for um, who was uh, I, I can't quite remember the internet the claim but basically he was living in very reduced circumstances as a result and he had problems with tamp- damp in his house and he was trying to see the builders I think and it was a really he was a, an older man, and he clearly wasn't in a good way. And I remember I would I would speak to him on the telephone sometimes about his claim. And he was a nice a nice old chap. And I remember speaking to him on the telephone on a Friday Friday I think ask, you know talking about you know we were talking about what we'd do next week. And I said I'd draft a letter and blah blah blah. And I came in on Monday on Monday morning and was told that he died over the weekend. Oh. And I felt so sad. It was the first mm-hmm. time I'd known about that. I had another client do that. I remember she we she was. She she was called Cherry, but she I remember one of the receptions misspelt her name as Cheery once and actually yeah. I felt that was so apt because she was always a nice lady. She would always, she, she, lived, she lived nearish to our office and she would often ring up and I'd have a nice chat with her. She was a nice lady and we were looking to sell her flat that she lived in so that she could go into not a, a home I think but she was going to live with family or something and I remember talking to her on the Friday afternoon and her me saying I think they'll be ready to, we hoped to exchange that day and we didn't and I said okay I'll ring you next week and I had a call on the Monday from the solicitors from the other side saying they were ready and I tried to speak to her on the Monday and left a message she didn't come back to me and I did the same thing again the next mm-hmm. day very unusual and her son arrived at the office on Wednesday and explained that unfortunately she passed away and there is just and, and you know I didn't much like Andy Peebles I suppose I didn't know these people personally but when people come into our lives very briefly even if we don't know them it is a strange feeling to be i may well have been the last person that spoke to it, to both of those people or one of the last people person that spoke to both of those people and although you know obviously i was doing a job for them in the same way as i suppose andy peebles was doing a job interviewing Indeed. john lennon it, it is an odd feeling so i can completely sympathize with andy peebles i'm terribly sorry that he had to bear that
0: yeah. i mean it's understandable isn't it when family members or close friends uh, Um, die you know obviously the emotion is understandable it's quite revealing i think about human nature that how we can be affected by um your experience anti-people's experience and that it still has quite a deep a meaningful and perhaps even sort of long-lasting effect on us it's um i think a, a revealing um trait of of humanity really
1: yes i agree as
0: um, uh, finishing on a lighter note, as the years yes. roll by, there's been um a certain inevitability, and that inevitability is that one day, boy George would end up in Panto, and this is the year, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Boy George starring as Captain Hook in Peter Pan in an arena tour around the UK. with incredible. It includes better days. Um, from 38 quid to 88 quid if you want to go to the show in January uh, at Hammersmith Odeon, uh, Jules.
1: This genuinely looks fantastic. Um, I just think it is. Um, It's described as in de soleil, and um, we've got a lovely quote from Blackpool Gazette editor Vanessa Sims. Um, so one might think, with his cantness that Boy George might have been better suited to a pantomime dame, but actually, this seems to be where he is. So she says, Boy George arrived on stage to huge applause in a life-size galleon, and it does look very snazzy. Um, wearing his trademark eyeliner and a huge hat, when he belted out "Karma Chameleon," it was clear to see he was in his element. The big-budget extravaganza was a real crowd pleaser um and and this is almost this and so she goes and talk about other people and this is almost i don't is this real or is this a parody this review is she being serious wendy was also brilliant her rendition of my heart will go on while being attacked (laughs) by pirates with cream pies was faultless i mean that is the (laughs) ultimate (laughs) shaving trooper isn't it i mean it sounds genuinely really great i would like to go and watch this where can we go we can see this at um, we've already missed Blackpool Winter Gardens, m Bank Arena in Liverpool and Utility Arena Cardiff. However, we can still book tickets to go and see them in Birmingham at the Resorts World Arena on the 22nd, 20th of December. Aberdeen on the 27th. Glasgow on the 29th, 30th, Nottingham, and a a, a, a venue I think you've attended before. Invent him, Apollo Hammersmith on the 5th, the 6th and the 7th. Um, It's a rather big budget version. Um, Boy George, a big fan of playing Captain Hook, it would seem. He's quoted as saying, um, I'm really looking forward. To playing Captain Hook and showing off my evil side, um, he uh, he says I get a f- chance to fight with a giant animatronic crocodile. What's not to like? Indeed, the role he was perhaps born to play. Although there wasn't one of those when he went to the jungle, was there?
0: <laughs> now I promise I'm not being snarky because I thought this would be a real sellout, and maybe it would still will be. But when I checked this afternoon for the oh Hansmiths, no, oh no. plenty left, Jules. Plenty left oh, in the park. Oh dear, yes. I,
1: well well, who knows? Maybe there will be maybe now that everyone's heard us plugging this on our podcast, yes, there'll be a lot of Yes.
0: Thanks very much for listening this week and this year.
1: Yes, very much agree. Thank you very much for being with us again. Um we you know, we we I, I love talking to Terence, regardless of whether it's being recorded or not. But it is a pleasure to do it for people that get in touch to say they're enjoying it. So thank you.
0: We're, we're taking two weeks off uh, from normal programming over Christmas. We are. Oh,
1: we're taking a very well deserved, well deserved break, as you like
0: practice, to say. Yes. 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 Um, but there are almost certainly going to be a couple of specials to keep the ball rolling. So indeed. just keep an we eye out. We will we
1: will still be cluttering up your feeds.
0: Yes, it's it's actually a good reason to subscribe because then you yes. get notified when uh, there's a new episode.
1: When we are ready, indeed.
0: Now, provided or providing. She's not appearing in panto. You can expect to hear Juliet <laughs> on the radio over the festive well,
1: And that's very kind of you. I want to fight a giant animatronic crocodile. And I'm sad that this is yet to arise in my life. However, I will be doing some Christmas specials of my show. So I'll be doing the, the Christmas smooth sailing. The, the yacht becomes a sleigh for that magical night of year. Um, This coming uh, Sunday, 17th of December, at noiseboxradio.com. And then the next Thursday, um, I will be, which I think is Thursday the 21st. It is, I think yes i will be doing um a christmas special of lost for words um a warning settee there will be two on a brass but that aside course, oh, will be no. a very <laughs> enjoyable show <laughs> for the same station
0: excellent um and um such a lovely choice to play us out yours
1: well yes. i'm glad that you like this and we, we've d- when we do the christmas sort of podcast we always do a christmas show which i very much enjoy uh the sharon jones and the dap kings it's a holiday soul christmas party or whatever it's called that out there christmas album is wonderful i'm so sorry that sharon jones is no longer with Mm -hmm. us rest in power but um i absolutely love all of her versions there's some great originals on this album as well um ain't no chimneys in the projects i think we've played previously which is brilliant but um great song but um i love her version of this because i just love the way that she kind of swings into it these lovely big soulful versions but the actual the actual arrangement itself is quite cool and i think that it works really well as a kind of a counterpoint this is lovely sharon jones and the dap kings and this is silent night so